section 26 of Essays on Art. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Matea Bracic. Essays on Art by Johann Wolfgang von Goethe. Translated by Samuel Gray Ward. Section 26. Father Elaboration. If we now glance over the gallery of Philostratus as an organized whole, we shall perceive that we may, through the discovery of genuine antique pictures, convince ourselves of the general truth of those rhetorical descriptions, and we shall see that it depends upon us to intercalate and add, so that the conception of a living art may be more and more facilitated. Great modern artists have already taken this path, and left us pictures of this sort as examples. Thus it will be useful and agreeable to descend more and more into particulars and to clear the way if the carrying out be not accomplished. But we have already dallied too long, and now for the work. 1. Antilochus. The ancients were well aware of the prime requisite of a great composition, namely that several marked characters must be united by some central object of sufficient importance to excite them, through a subject of common interest, to express their individualities. In the present case, this object is found in the young man who has fallen in battle, universally lamented. Antilochus was slain by the African Memnon, while in the act of forcing his way through the fight to the assistance of his father, Nestor. Here he lies, in all the beauty of youth, the feeling of having saved his father still hovering over and brightening his features. His beard is stronger than the budding of youth, his hair yellow as the sun. The light feet lie stretched out, the body formed for activity like ivory to look at, over which the purple blood is flowing from the wound in the breast. Achilles in fierce grief casts himself upon him, vowing vengeance against the murderer, who has robbed him of his consolation for Patroclus' death, his last, best friend and companion. The leaders stand about sympathizing, each displaying his own character. Menelaus is known by his gentleness, Agamemnon by his godlike bearing, Diomede by his bold frankness. Ajax is gloomy and untoward, the Locrian appears as a capable man, Ulysses strikes us by his reflective and observing air, Nestor seems to be absent. The soldiers lean upon their spears, their feet crossed, forming a circle round the company, about to raise a dirge. Scamander with furious speed, Vulcan appears storming from on high upon the river God. The wide plain, whereon we observe Troy in the distance, is flooded with fire, which streams like water towards the bed of the river. The fire, at the same time surrounding the God, falls immediately into the water. All the trees on the shore are scorched. The flood, with singed hair, supplicates the God for mercy around whom the fire does not show its common yellow, but glitters with sunny and golden rays. Menaceus, a young man in full development, is here represented still holding himself upright. But alas, he has forced the polished steel through his side, the blood flows, the soul is about to take its flight, he begins to totter and awaits death with clear and kindly eye. Alas for the noble young man! His robust frame, hardened by the exercise of the arena, his brown and healthy colouring. You can almost touch the high arched breast. The shoulders are strong, the neck firm, but not stiff. 
His hair is of moderate length. The young man would not that his hair should look like a woman's. The ribs and the hips are of the most perfect symmetry. So much of the back as his motion and bending make visible is in like manner beautiful and worthy of admiration. But do you ask who he is? Behold in him the beloved son of Creon, the unhappy king of Thebes. Tiresias foretold that the only means to save the state was for him to go and die at the mouth of the dragon's cave. He resolves upon it in secret and sacrifices himself. Now you understand the meaning of the cavern and the hidden dragon. In the distance you see Thebes and the seven who assaulted. The picture is painted with a high point of sight, and thus a sort of perspective is developed. Antigone, the heroic sister. With one knee against the earth, she clasps her dead brother, who was to have been left to moulder unburied, because he came with threatening intent against his native city. The night conceals her magnanimous undertaking. The moon gives light to execute her purpose. With silent grief she raises her brother. Her form assures us of her ability to complete the interment of the gigantic hero. In the distance lie the corpses of the besiegers, prostrate, horse and man. An ominous pomegranate tree grows over the grave of Ateocles. Farther on you see two fires lighted, as an offering for the dead. They mutually shrink away from each other, the fruit indicating by its bloody juice the murder, the fire by its strange appearance the unalterable hatred of the brothers even in death. End of section 26